premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey there, folks. This is Joe Ruscielo, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome, folks, to Sermon Sunday on the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Well, I hope you guys had a great week in the Lord. Uh, for those of you who missed the uh, Thursday uh, Bible study, and for those of you who were tuned in on Thursday night, welcome back. Uh, last Sunday, we spoke on a subject that's acceptable for movies and television, but unfortunately, not so much from the pulpit anymore. Last week, last Sunday, we spoke about the reality of hell. We talked about where hell is located. We talked about what hell is like. And we talked about who and what is in hell. And then I told you that uh, this coming week, Lord willing, we're going to talk about heaven. And praise God, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about heaven. It's going to be pretty much the same in, in format as the message on hell. We're going to talk about where heaven is located, what heaven's like, who and what is in heaven, and more importantly, who's eligible to get to heaven. How does someone get to heaven? It's another equally important subject that we're going to touch today on the Sword of the Spirit podcast. But before we get into that message, I'm going to ask you to do just two things. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get there, head over to our contact section, open up that little web form, and why don't you send us off a message? Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, any comments, any concerns that you might have, and also, more importantly, your prayer requests. And if you don't like to use the web form, that's totally fine. You could also email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And folks, also, while you're on the website, if you would, please look for the Support This Podcast button. And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? You can set that up for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Uh, I know that the economy is kind of tight right now, so it might be hard to commit to a monthly recurring contribution. So you could also make a one-time contribution by clicking on the Waygiver button, or now you could scan the Cash App QR code that's on our website as well, 
and make your contribution through there. So why don't you pray about it? And if the Lord leads you to do it, and if these podcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, uh, and if you'd like to become an active part of the ministry, your contribution will go a very, very long way, and I would be extremely thankful for it. Now, folks, first and foremost, I always like to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for a couple of things, primarily. Uh, First of all, for saving me, for rescuing me from hell and giving me an eternal destination in glory, in heaven. And I am really excited to be talking about heaven today because that's my future home. That can be yours as well if you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and you ask him to save you. So I also want to say thank you to the Lord for allowing me this opportunity to sit here and open up the Word of God and to, and to talk to you and to share the things that I've learned uh, over the years and over the course of study. It's a real blessing for me to be here. It's a real blessing that, that the Lord has opened up this avenue. You know, somebody asked me once why, um, why I do a podcast, why I do a Bible study podcast. And uh, the primary reason is, whether you want to believe this or not, it's because I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ primarily through a Bible study radio program when I was living back in New York 23 years ago. So uh, ever since then, uh, I'd like to say that uh, you know the Lord kind of put it on my heart for this particular medium, whether it be live radio or whether it was uh, through podcasting, to be able to, to uh, open up the Scriptures and, uh, and talk about it, uh, have fellowship around the cross, have fellowship around the Word of God, and to do that with you. So uh, it's, it's a real blessing for me, and I want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for allowing me to do this and for giving me this wonderful opportunity. I also want to say thank, thank you to all of our current supporters, those of you who support us prayerfully. Thank you so very, very much for your prayers. I covet your prayers. I look forward to reading them. Thank you so very much for praying for me, for my family, for this ministry. Uh, all three of those, uh, those individuals need your prayers uh, because we are under constant spiritual attack, constantly. Uh, as believers, we're under a spiritual attack. Um, as a Bible teacher, I'm under constant spiritual attack. Uh, my wife is, my family is, uh, you know, the ministry is, everything that's connected to us is. Uh, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us that when you become a Christian that everything is going to be all peaches and cream, you know, rosy and bright. It's not the case at all, folks. Not at all. Uh, you can look in the Scripture and you can see very plainly, look at the lives of the apostles and the disciples. Uh, they didn't exactly have it made after they became Christians. They didn't exactly have it made after following and serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the majority of them were uh, were, were martyred. Uh, there, there were those that were, uh, you know, the, the followers of the early church were... Uh, oftentimes uh, doused in pitch and used as uh, and burned at the stake and and used as highway lamps. Yeah, yeah. You got to read Fox's book Martyrs. If you haven't read that yet, you need to check it out. So uh, you know, being a Christian is not the easiest thing in the world. Sometimes it's a blessing, and I wouldn't give it up, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Because I know what the eternal rewards are. I may not have it here on this world, which is fine, but I'll have it in, in glory. I'll have those rewards in, in, in eternity, 
And that's where it really matters. So again, thank you so much for your prayers. I know I kind of got off on a little tangent there, but uh, the point is, your prayers are important. Thank you for them. And please, please keep praying for us. I also want to say thank, thank you to those of you who support us financially already. You know, your financial contributions really do help. They, they do help us keep the lights on. They help us keep us up on our platforms. They help us to keep the studio going. So thank you so very, very much for that. And uh, not only does it, does it uh, uh, help this, but it also helps missionaries. Because last month, we were able to send a portion of our contribution to our missionary friend in Chile. So uh, thank you so very, very much for your financial support. Please, God bless you, and please, please, please keep it going. Now, I also want to say thank you to all of our listeners, uh, every single one of you, every one of you, for listening in, for downloading, for clicking that play button. The time and time again, thank you so very, very much. Uh, because of that, because of the amount of listens that we've been getting, the amount of downloads we've been getting, you know, we have been boosted up in the algorithms. We are you know, at the top of a lot of search engines, and it's a real blessing. It really is because, you know, when folks are looking for a, for a Bible study program like ours, you know, uh, there are plenty out there. There are plenty out there. Uh, but there's more of an opportunity for someone to listen to us. And again, you know, we do our very, very best to present the gospel in, a, in an easy to understand way. So uh, the more people listen in, the more they're going to get the truth, the more people are going to hear the word of God, because we don't deviate from the word of God. We preach and we teach the inspired, preserved, written word of God for us today in English right here on the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and that is in the King James Bible. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it's really, it's a blessing, and thank you so very much for uh, all of your plays and downloads. Please, please keep that up as well. Now, um, folks, I just want to say uh, thank you, of, of course, to our pastor, John Monk, and uh, I want to say thank you to the folks over at Eagle, First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. And uh, if you are looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church and you are in the Eagle Pass area, why don't you pay us a visit at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is just visit the church's Facebook page, and when you get there, just log in, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and then once you're there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information, as well as episodes of this podcast. And the reason why I say thank you to our pastor and to the folks at First Baptist Church is because they allow us to post the show on the Facebook page for the church. I don't have Facebook, so uh, this has been a, a great medium for us to get the message out and to get the show out there, and uh, we've seen some really good returns from posting it through the Facebook page. So uh, it's a real blessing to, to, to uh, be able to do that, and again, thank you to uh, Pastor Monk and, and to the folks at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. But you know, folks, wherever you're listening, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, folks, uh, just a couple of announcements before we uh, get into our prayer requests for today. Uh, I just want to remind you of our Thursday night Bible study. Uh, We meet here on Spreaker live at 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, we have been having such a great time in our study of 2 Timothy. And uh, last Thursday we got into 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, which is the, the final chapter of the final book written by the Apostle Paul. And this particular chapter is, is, a, is a great exhortation to young Timothy, uh, Paul's ministerial protege, uh, to, to stay the course, to keep fighting, to keep fighting the good fight of faith, to, uh, to, to stay on target and to continue preaching and standing on sound doctrine. So, uh, it's been a wonderful, wonderful time going through the entire book of Second Timothy, but we're in that final stretch right now. Uh, this past Thursday, like I said, we did the first eight verses, and what a blessing that was. And uh, this coming Thursday, Lord, Lord willing, we're going to finish up Second Timothy chapter 4, and then we'll be getting into the book of Revelation, So, which I'm really excited about, really excited to get into. Uh, been preparing for this for a little while now, and uh, I'm excited because I've never taught the book of Revelation, and uh, it's going to be a first time for me. And uh, But, you know, the book of Revelation does promise a blessing to those who read and understand it, and that's our goal is to read and understand it. The book of Revelation is not a hard book to understand. It's really not. It's not a hard book to understand at all. Where the book of Revelation is difficult it's not it's hard to believe that's where the that's where it is it's hard to believe but we have to stand on the word of god we have to take what the word of god says by faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things what not seen hebrews chapter 11 verse number 1 so uh you know we believe the word of god we stand on the word of god and if the word of god says something we can be absolutely 1000% sure that it's true it's accurate and if it's not something that's already been fulfilled god is faithful and it will be fulfilled so we're excited to get into the book of revelation uh and honestly folks i don't believe the time of the book of revelation is that far away from us of the events of the of the book of revelation so makes it even more important for us to study these things because, you know, there are people who are listening who uh, might not be saved and might find themselves going through the tribulation. So aside from, you know, stocking up on cans of tuna fish, uh, this book will give them some good ammunition as they go through it. They'll understand it more. But we hope that by going through this, they'll avoid going through that. So we got to keep praying for those folks. All right. Great. Now, uh, let's see. Don't forget, head over to uh, swordofthespiritpodcast.com and look for that programming announcements subscription box. And all that is, it's just a mailing list that we put together uh, so that if there's any changes to the show, any changes to the program, uh, the schedule, the time, if we have a guest or, or anything to do with a particular program, we're going to send out an email to everybody on the mail li- mailing list so that they're aware of it. Because, you know, we don't do a show every day. So uh, sometimes between today and Thursday, something might come up. And the only way I can get through to everybody is through the email list. So if you're not on the mailing list, please get on a mailing list. It's important to stay in the know. And uh, once, uh, you know, again, once we have some changes or anything like that to the program, we'll be sending them out. 
All right. Uh, also on our website, don't forget to visit the uh, Sword Swag section. And when you get over there, you're going to find our wonderful ceramic Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs, which I have mine right here. And I have some really, really, really good hot, steaming hot McDonald's coffee here. So let me take a sip for you. Mm. Wow, that's hot. It's been sitting there for a few minutes, so I thought for sure it'd be cooler by now, but I was wrong. Good grief. I could burn the tongue there. All right, so the uh, this beautiful ceramic uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug will set you back for a $25 contribution. And uh, if you'd like, you could also get yourself one of these really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts in uh, men and women style for a uh, contribution of $35. Uh, it's really nice material. It, the, the, the mugs are great. So if you don't have one and you want one, just click the information button that's on the Sword Swag page and uh, just send me your mailing information, your contact information, and then I'll get back to you with where you can make your contribution. You could do it through the Cash App uh, QR code if you wanted to. You just put a little note in there of what it's for. Put your contact information on it as well. Or um, there are other methods that we have at our disposal uh, to help you make your contribution, and we'll send that to you when you contact us about your, uh, your need. All right. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Okay, yeah. So Contra Radio Network. Our friends over at the Contra Radio Network uh, – are interested in getting you interested in prepping. So why don't you head on over to www.crn.best and check them out. Uh, CRN.best has podcasts and vidcasts uh, for folks that are, uh, that are interested in prepping, that are uh, interested in politics. I really do enjoy their political podcasts. I'm just saying. And most of you know that I'm a political junkie. I love my politics. So uh, they have some really, really good political podcasts on there in addition to the great information you're going to get about prepping. Uh, I've listened to it uh, several times. Uh, I try to do it at least once or twice a day. And I have learned a tremendous amount about prepping, what it is to, to prep, what you specifically need when you're, when you're uh, preparing to save uh, food and such items. And they have some really great information on there. I highly recommend you check them out. And you can do that by, again, visiting www.crn.best. www.crn.best. And uh, I just want to say thanks also to the folks at uh, Contra Radio Network for, uh, for having us on their network. So you'll also find our show there as well. And we're very thankful uh, for all of the uh, comments and all the support we've been getting from the listeners of the Contra Radio Network. God bless you, and thank you for it. All right, folks. Well, uh, it's already, believe it or not, time for our first break, and uh, we're going to do that right now. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to, uh, to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. And we'll be right back after this short break and get into our prayer list for today. So... Don't go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. 
It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening.
Amen, amen, and amen, and we certainly do want you over there in glory, in heaven. And uh, I'm hoping and I am praying that uh, if the message on hell didn't motivate you to get saved and, uh, and secure your place in heaven, well, then I'm also praying today that perhaps this message on heaven will be the one that gets you there. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and welcome back to the show. We're going to get into our prayer list here uh, momentarily. Uh, don't forget, if you are logged in on Spreaker, you can jump into our chat room. Uh, you do have to have a Spreaker account, so if you don't have one, just set one up. It just takes a minute, and uh, it's free. It won't cost you nothing, and uh, you can get in there, and you can join in the fun. All right. Uh, now, uh, every Sunday we go through our prayer list. Well, we go through on Sunday and Thursday, but um, uh, we're going to go through our prayer list today. We had a, a couple of removals, which we're, we're happy about, uh, and uh, we had a, one or two additions. So uh, we're going to, uh, first and foremost, we always pray for those that are in need of salvation. And uh, our list hasn't changed since, uh, since Thursday. We're praying for Diane, my mom, my sister, Laura, David in New York City, and Fermin. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that you are the God of salvation. We want to thank you, Heavenly Father, uh, that you provided a remedy for salvation through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, we just thank you so much for that shed blood. We thank you, Father, that it was perfect blood, that it was sinless blood, that it was pure, holy, righteous blood that was spilled for us on Calvary. Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your precious Son. We ask you today, Father God, to uh, just look down over the banister of glory, and uh, Father, just please work in my mom, Diane, Laura, my sister, David, and Fermin, that, uh, Lord, that you would impress upon their hearts the need for salvation, that you would impress upon them, Lord, that it, no matter what good works they might do, the Bible says all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and that there is none righteous, no, not one, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that it is for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Father, I pray, I pray that you would impress these valuable truths on their hearts and on their minds, and that, Father, you would draw them into salvation today. Lord, if they haven't responded to the message on hell, Lord, please have them respond to this message today on the glorious place called heaven. And Father God, we will thank you for it and bless you for it. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right, uh, moving on down to our uh, sick list uh, we are continuing to pray for Pastor Martin. Now, Pastor Martin is, uh, for those of you who are new, Pastor Martin is 89 years old. He is my pastor's pastor and a good friend to me. Uh, pastor Martin has a, a heart condition. He has a blood pressure condition. 
Uh, he has extremely poor eyesight. Uh, and despite all of that, Pastor Martin still goes out on a weekly basis and street preaches, which I think is absolutely amazing. It's wonderful. It's beautiful that he does that. And I am so thankful that uh, I can look to Pastor Martin for, for encouragement when I'm feeling like, you know, is totally inadequate in what we're doing. Uh, he's a very, very big source of encouragement. So we want to pray for him. We want to pray for Mary Perez, who is uh, battling cancer. We're going to pray for my mom with uh, COPD, Laura with a slipped disc in her back, uh, Bernice also fighting cancer. Uh, we want to pray for her. We're praying for uh, Janae, who has been uh, dealing with a heart condition uh, as well. We also want to pray for uh, Fermin, who is uh, battling cancer, Sharon, who is battling cancer, Martine, who is battling lymphoma, and uh, that rounds up our sick list for today. I thought there was more. I'm sorry, there is not. Okay, so Heavenly Father, we want to thank you again, Lord, that you are the great physician. Lord, we want to thank you that you can reach down from heaven, Father God. You can just, with the touch of your hand and with the maybe just a, a, a whisper, Lord, or just a word, Lord, you could bring healing. You could bring comfort. You could bring peace. Father, we thank you for that. Father, we just pray for all of those on our sick list today, those that are fighting cancer. Lord, we pray for them. We pray, Lord God, that you would just touch each one of them. Lord, that you would bring healing, that you would give them grace as they endure the, the, uh, the difficulties of cancer, and Lord, that you would show them mercy. Father, we also want to pray for, uh, for uh, Janae with her heart condition, uh, Laura with her, uh, her slipped disc, and for Pastor Martin for all the needs that he has, my mom for the COPD. Lord, we just lift them up to you, and we ask you just to touch them. Lord, we ask you to bring healing, bring comfort, bring grace. Father God, we thank you so much that uh, we can rely on you and that you always answer our prayers, whether it's yes, no, or not now. You always answer, and we're, we're thankful for that. So please, Father, we ask you just to uh, answer the prayers for those on our sick list according to your will for their lives, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, going down our list here. We, so we're gonna, going to pray for, um, for Jude, uh, who is uh, my brother-in-law up in New York City, and for his business as a contractor. Uh, we're also praying for Robert on the border, working on the border. We're pr praying for all of our local uh, law enforcement, National Guard, Border Patrol agents and officers working on the border here as well. Uh, we're also praying for our state, local, and federal elected officials. We're praying for Angel and her pregnancy. We're praying for Isabella for her walk with the Lord. We're praying for Jessica with her for her walk with the Lord. We're also praying for uh, Brother Alex Herrera for uh, his job and financial situation and caring for his dad uh, who's in the hospital. Uh, we're also praying for the uh, Purcell family uh, who will be traveling sometime next week. And we are also praying for... Uh, uh, Jerry and Rebecca, who are in a Border Patrol training program uh, over in New Mexico. And then also are praying for the Wynn family, who are traveling uh, back home to Eagle Pass as well. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, again, that we can approach the throne of grace. And Lord, we just lift up all of those in our general prayer list here, Lord. We think of Jude and, and Robert. 
Uh, we think of all of our uh, Border Patrol officers and National Guard law enforcement that are serving down here along the border. Uh, we pray for their protection, for their safety. Father, we pray for our local, state, and federal elected officials. Lord, we pray that you would just uh, just, uh, just, just, get through to them, Lord, and uh, impress biblical truth on them. And Lord, let them uh, help them to make the decisions uh, that affect each and every one of us every single day uh, less invasive, less, less intrusive in our everyday life. And we'll thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, moving on down our prayer list, uh, we come to the section where we have the unspoken prayer requests. Now, the unspoken prayer requests are just that. They are prayers that maybe we don't have the right words to uh, describe the need, or perhaps it's a situation where we can't go into great detail uh, because it's just it's so personal that it can't be talked about publicly. But uh, the Lord knows the need. The Lord knows what those prayers are. So we want to lift up Eduardo Rodriguez, Mike Elizalde, and myself for these unspoken prayer requests. Our Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you, Lord, that we can approach the throne of grace and we can lay these petitions of our heart before you. Father, we just pray for Eduardo Rodriguez, Mike Elizalde, and Lord, I pray for myself and the needs that I have and the concerns that I have. And Father, I just pray that you would just touch each and every one on the prayer list and that uh, your honor and your glory would be met and satisfied. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Now, folks, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, please uh, head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And once you get over there, uh, just uh, open up that web form. You can fill out your prayer request right there and send it on over and we'll get it. Or you can email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And you could also, if you're logged into Spreaker, you can also leave a message for us in the chat group, and we'll get that, and we will pray about it for sure. All right, folks, uh, so moving on here. We don't have any, uh, any information on missionaries right now, but next week will be our second Missionary Sunday, so we are looking forward to we are looking forward to that, and we'll be talking about a, uh, a missionary who is a, a wonderful young man, wonderful family, doing some really amazing work over in the Middle East, and uh, we'll talk more about that next Sunday. So make sure you tune in and check it out. All right, we don't have any user questions that we're going to uh, be answering today, uh, but we do have a birthday that we're going to uh, celebrate uh, the birthday was actually yesterday, and uh, she's a very precocious four years old yesterday. And so we just want to say happy birthday to my granddaughter, Carmela. God bless you. And from the Sword of the Spirit podcast family, we love you, and God bless you.
Amen. Happy birthday, Carmela. God bless you. And from the Sword of the Spirit podcast family and from me personally, we love you. God bless you. And uh, we will talk to you very, very, very soon. All right. Uh, so anything in the chat group before we move on to our second break and get into our message of the day? I don't see anything in there. So, folks, uh, don't forget, head over to uh, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Uh, open up that web form. Send us over any messages you might have. Uh, get into the chat group here if you can over on Spreaker. Just open up an account. just takes a minute, and uh, it's painless. You'll probably have more aggravation in the chat group with some of the guys that are in there at times, but <laughs> that's fine. Um, and uh, we're going to take our second break, and we're going to do that to give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, to grab yourself a cup of coffee. And uh, when we come back, we're going to be getting into today's message on the reality of heaven. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. We'll be back right after this.
This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. And welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and uh, when you hear that piece bragging on the King James Bible, those of you who have been listening for a while know that it's time to open up that beautiful, wonderful, amazing, and perfect book and study the Word of God. Now, the last time we were together, we spoke on a subject that is uh, more acceptable for movies and television and unfortunately, not from the pulpit anymore. We spoke about a subject called hell. We spoke about the reality of hell. Now, in trying to be fair and balanced, I thought it would be appropriate if today I would preach on heaven. You know, I find it interesting that there are many more folks that want to believe in heaven than want to believe in hell. And I don't know if you've ever noticed that. If you surveyed the average man on the street, I think you would find many more people that would give an intellectual assent to a belief in heaven than would to a belief in hell. If you study uh, various religions and groups and cults and denominations and sects, you find many more want to believe in heaven than in hell. Well, to be sure, hell is a reality, but so is heaven. God is a God of absolutes, and our final authority is the Bible. So it, it, it really doesn't matter what any of us think or believe. What's important is what the Bible says. So we want to examine some things that the Bible says, but before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer so we can really direct our thoughts and considerations today. Our Heavenly Father, as we approach the sacred Word of God today, we do so realizing that it is what we have that is valuable because it is absolute. It is the complete standard of truth. And what you say is what's critical. Lord, we'd like to observe and learn some things about heaven today because it's a declaration of your word. And it's something that we, we all would like to participate and believe in and anticipate in. You'd like to learn some things about it that might be helpful and beneficial to us. 
We pray, Lord, most certainly and most appropriately for anyone that's under the sound of my voice today that's not prepared to go to heaven, whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, that today they would settle that issue. They would be confronted with it and get it nailed down tight. That heaven might be their eternal hope and promise. I pray that you deal with them and speak to them this morning. May the rest of us be encouraged as we, as, um, as Abraham of old, look for a city whose builder and maker is God. God, help us to realize that, that what we're here about in life is just a pilgrimage. And we're just traveling through as strangers, as your book says, and, and we anticipate going home one day. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if we're going to consider heaven, I think the first thing we should really talk about is who's eligible to go to heaven? Who's eligible to go to heaven? You know, if you've visited with the average individual on the street in America, in the uh, uh, enlightened, educated, sophisticated, religious America, you'd find that most people would somehow figure that anyone who's eligible to go there, that you know, their, um, their eligibility is based on their good life, their good works, their good deeds, uh, their good demeanor, or, you know, their good behavior. That's what most people would say in regard to getting to heaven. It's how good they've been. Oh, well, you know, so-and-so, uh, they just died. And, and, you know, if anybody is getting into heaven, it's them. Well, almost inevitably, without exception, if you hear someone say something like that, they've I guess they've basically predicated that idea and concept upon the good life of this particular individual. But that doesn't line up with what the Bible says. So let's discover the eligibility requirements for residents of heaven. Take your Bibles and turn with me over to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21. Revelation is the last book of your Bible, and we're going to go to chapter 21. You know, it actually might amaze you to find out by reading the Bible that some pretty ornery rascals are in heaven. For example, I can tell you that a murderer is in heaven. His name is Moses. I can tell you that there's uh, another murderer in heaven, and his name is David. I can tell you several adulterers are in heaven. One is named Judah, another is David. Heaven is full of bank robbers and thieves. You know, and conversely, I can tell you that hell has got some good people in it, nice people. If you, if you read all of Revelation chapter 21, the whole chapter is a description of heaven. It gives us a physical description of what heaven is like. It's really it's an amazing description. I would encourage you to read it. But the last verse, verse 27, says this, And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now you notice after it says maketh a lie, there's a colon there. Now a colon in English grammar indicates that what follows is related, but it's a separate idea. If it was a semicolon, it's a little bit different, but this is a colon. This is a separate idea, but it has a relationship to what we were just reading about. So in other words, that first bunch, don't expect to see them. But this second bunch is who? 
Now, you would think that in accordance with the verse that it says, uh, there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. Then you would think that what would follow is that the folks that are in heaven don't lie, that don't do anything that's abominable, that don't do anything that's evil. You would think that goes, but, but that's not what it says. That doesn't even remotely say that. What it says is, they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So in other words, to get into heaven, you have to be written in a book. You have to be written not just in any book. This is called the Lamb's book. You know, Jesus Christ is referred to as the Lamb 27 times in the book of Revelation alone. John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This book and Jesus Christ are interrelated so much that you really can't separate one from the other. You have to be in Christ to be in his book. You say, well, how does that happen? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So who is eligible to go there? You have to be in the Lamb's book of life. Why would you be included in the Lamb's book of life if, you're, if you've rejected the Lamb? There's lots of good people out there that haven't rejected being good. They haven't rejected the Ten Commandments. They haven't rejected moral behavior. They haven't rejected the church. But why would you be in the Lamb's book of life if you've rejected the Lamb? Notice it says the Lamb's book of life. It doesn't say the church's book of life. It doesn't say the good behavior book of life. It says the Lamb's book of life. Now, we need further authenticity, so let's go to the book of Hebrews and chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to grab a sip of some, some coffee here. All right. Hebrews chapter 12. And let's look at verse 22. But ye are come unto Mount Sion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Now, I think that's fairly clear. I mean, how would you interpret that verse? The verse is talking about heaven, right? Do you see what it says? It says the heavenly Jerusalem. It's where the angels are, the city of the living God. Well, that's heaven. Right, verse 23, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Oh, okay, so the, the church of the firstborn are there. Whatever this church of the firstborn is, and we'll discover that momentarily, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. So the admonition is this. Don't refuse him that speaketh from heaven. Who's in heaven? Well, God's in heaven. The angels are in heaven. 
And thirdly, the church of the firstborn is in heaven. Now, the church of the firstborn, you know, what's that all about? The church of the firstborn. You've seen hundreds of church signs throughout your life, haven't you? I mean, I have, right? You have South Baptist Church, First Bible Church, First Baptist Church, Bethel Church, Gateway Church, Gateway Cathedral, Church of God. We've seen all kinds of names on churches. Did you ever see Church of the Firstborn? Well, what church is that? How do you get into that church? Well, Jesus said this. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You see, it has nothing to do with your membership in an earthly church, a physical church. It has everything to do with being born again. And that places you in the church of the firstborn. And that has everything to do with receiving Jesus Christ. He came into his own, and his own received him not, but as to many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And the text says, refuse him not. So don't refuse him. So eligibility for heaven. Those who have received Jesus Christ, their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. It has nothing to do with behavior. It has nothing to do with deeds or misdeeds. It has everything to do with receiving the Savior personally. Now, I'm not going to belabor that. I just felt the need to say something about it, okay? So who's eligible to go there? Now, there are some people that think only Baptists go. There are some Baptist churches in this world that believe that only Baptists can go to heaven. Now, I don't believe that. I'm a Baptist. I don't believe that. And I want to make that very clear. I do not believe that. The church that I'm a member of is a Baptist church. We do not believe that. And that's a good thing, because some of you listening aren't Baptists. You know, there are some people that think only Catholics can go to heaven. Do you know how I know that? That's official Roman Catholic doctrine. You can look it up and read it. It's in their catechism. And then there are some people that think only Mormons can go to heaven. And then there are some people that don't even believe there is a heaven. Did you ever talk to one of those people? Do you think there's a heaven? Well, you know, not as you think of it. Then what can possibly entice me to be interested in your religion if you've got nothing to offer me beyond this life? Why would I be interested in what you've got to say if you've got nothing to offer? That's kind of like going to Costco on a Saturday morning and you know, they have all those people standing around there handing out cheese samples and cracker samples. And, you know, and then the lady says, here, try my cracker. You know, they taste like cardboard. Well, why would I want to do that? In fact, I'll pass. I'm not interested in that. We believe that to get into heaven, you've got to be written in the Lamb's book of life. And that has nothing to do with church affiliation. It has nothing to do with denomination or, or anything else for that matter. It has, and it, has, it has everything to do with the Lamb's book of life. It has everything to do with receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And as I indicated to you, Revelation 21 deals with a physical description of heaven. Now, I don't want to stay on this point for too long, but I read an interesting analogy of that, and I, I thought I would pass it on to you. Now, according to the Bible, the New Jerusalem, that's the heavenly city, the future New Jerusalem. Now, listen to this. This is really interesting. The future New Jerusalem is about 1,500 miles in each direction, but it says it's four squared. 
The Bible says it's four squared. So that's like taking two cubes and sitting them on top of each other. Now, if you remember your geometry and, and, and can imagine that in your mind, it's not just a flat landmass like you and I would think of it. It goes up and down just as much as breadth and length. So we have 1,500 miles in each direction, and that gives you an area of 2,250,000 miles. That makes that thing about 15,000 times as big as the city of London. It makes it 20 times as big as the country of New Zealand. It makes it 10 times as big as Germany and about 10 times as big as France. It, it makes it 40 times as big as all of England together and even much bigger than India. And that's just a city. And then taking the number of people to a square mile, this engineer computed that the city, four squared, the New Jerusalem, could hold 100,000 million folks, or about 70 times the population of the earth. No shortage of space. No matter how you want to compute it, there's no shortage of space. Now, heaven is not just called a city. It's also called a country. Now, I've tried to conceptualize heaven as much as I can, and it's, it's a difficult thing to do because it's a place that's pure and clean and right and perfect, and that's hard to conceptualize when you live in this world. But the way I conceptualize heaven is this, because God calls it a city, in other words, a country. Do you know what I think it is? I think it's like a place of country estates. You know, sometimes people will say, oh, I don't know about heaven. It sounds to, sounds to me like we're going to be, you know, cramped up into little tiny apartments. You know, we're going to have a condo up on the 19th floor or something. No, no, not at all. You have to understand the huge amount of space available in heaven. You know, somebody calculated numbers a few years ago, and I don't remember what they are, but what stood out to me was, that he figured every person would get about 160 acres at the least. That's not a bad spread, folks. You know, a big mansion sitting up on the hillside? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Just stop and think about it. The, the Lord created the earth in six days, and he rested the seventh. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. It's in the active tense. So I presume that what he's been doing for the last 2,000 years is preparing the place. Now, if God created the earth in six days and he's been working on your mansion for the last 2,000 years, whew, that must be an amazing spread. Incredible beyond anything the human imagination could ever dream. No one to the Bible says, I hath not seen nor ear heard the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. It's absolutely staggering beyond human proportions. Well, that's a little bit about the physical description. Who's eligible to go there? You have to be written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. The physical description is mind-boggling. But how about we get to the meat of the message? And that's this. What's missing in heaven? What's missing in heaven? Some things are missing. Some things that you need to know about. 
Let's take our Bibles and go over to uh, Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21. Now again, Revelation chapter 21 is dedicated to the subject of heaven. But let's see what's missing in heaven. You know, we, we spend so much time talking about what is there. You know, we talk about the streets of gold. We talk about the pearly gates. We talk about departed saints. We talk about the throne of God. We talk about Jesus Christ, which is so critical and important for us to know that. You know, we talk about the angels, and we talk about so many things, but let's talk about what isn't there. What isn't there? Revelation 21, verse 21. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were, transparent glass. So in other words, the gold is so pure, so unadulterated, that it's absolutely transparent and shimmering in its appearance. What do you think of that? Let's look at verse 22. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. So there's no temple in heaven. Well, you know, in the Old Testament, the temple preceded by the tabernacle was the very focal point and center of worship. In the New Testament, the church is not the temple, but it's compared to the temple. And you know what? So is your body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? I wonder why that is. I wonder why there is no temple in heaven, no center of spiritual activity and worship as we have historically and traditionally seen it. Why would that be? Well, you know something? The answer is obvious. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 23. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. So what we have on this earth, has been patterned in heaven, or is a pattern of heaven. Okay, verse 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of, thing, of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but... Now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Now watch this. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Why is there no temple in heaven? Because Jesus Christ abolished the need for a temple. You know, regularly in the old temple, in the Old Testament, uh, in the old temple, in the temple, in the Old Testament, the, the blood of a sacrificed animal was taken and put on the mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant. Jesus Christ abolished that because he did it once, and once was all that was necessary. And to repeat that function, the epistle says, is blasphemy. Blasphemy, he did it one time, and once was sufficient. So 
there's no necessity for a temple in heaven. Praise the Lord. Let's go back to Revelation 21. What else is not there? Revelation 21 and verse 23. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. So no sun and no moon. Verse 25, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. There's no night in heaven. It doesn't get dark. It's light all the time. Why do you suppose that is? Because the Bible says that God is light. So when you're in the presence of God, you have perpetual and continual light because God is light. You know, we've discovered that concentrated light or laser beams can be very friendly. You know, we can perform surgeries with laser beams. They can take cataracts out of millions of people's of millions of people's eyes with laser beams. They can do all kinds of amazing things with laser beams. But they they find that laser beams can be exceedingly destructive also. You know, they have things that I'm sure that, that they're not even telling us about all of it. You know, the U.S. military has weapons that can shoot down incoming missiles with a, with a laser beam. Light can be very friendly or light can be very destructive. It shows the both sides of God. God is love. And God could also exercise a great deal of wrath. There's no need of the sun or moon. There's no darkness in heaven. Look over in chapter 22, verse 5. Chapter 22 and verse 5. And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. No electric bill. No electric generators. And that's a wonderful thing, amen? Keep your finger in Revelation 21. There, there, there's something else that, I, that that's missing, and we'll find that over in Revelation chapter 10. And verse number 5, Revelation 10, verse 5. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things which are therein that there should be time no longer. Wow, no clocks. No clocks, no watches, no schedules, no hurrying, no rushing, no time. Time becomes a totally lost concept in heaven. Man, I like that. Amen? You know, my whole life is built around a clock. Sometimes I hate that clock. You know, your life as well. We just live around the clock. We have to be here. We have to be there. The clock rules our life. We become a slave to the clock. But you're not going to be a slave to the clock in heaven. Can you imagine just sitting down to enjoy a meal in glory? And you could take as long as you want. You have eternity. What a great thing that is, right? Amen. No time in heaven. The very thing that probably regulates our lives more than anything else won't be there. And hallelujah for that. Hallelujah. Now turn back to Revelation 21. Revelation 21 and verse 4. Something else that won't be in heaven. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, 
neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. There are no tears in heaven. There's no time in heaven. No tears in heaven, no darkness in heaven, and there shall be no more death. There are no graveyards. There are no funeral directors. Can you imagine a funeral director sending his resume to heaven? There are no embalmers in heaven. There are no grave diggers in heaven. There are no tombstone builders in heaven. There's no death, it says. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. You know what? I'm going to give it to you straight, just like this. There are no hospitals in heaven, no ambulances in heaven, no emergency room in heaven. There's no pain. There's no sorrow. There's no death, and there's no crying. That must mean there are no psychiatrists in heaven, no psychologists in heaven, no pharmacies in heaven. When you stop to think about everything that's not in heaven, it just makes it even more and more alluring, doesn't it? When you really think about it for a while, these are the things that are missing. But that's not all. Look at Revelation 21. Revelation 21 and verse 8. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You know, one time I had somebody try to convince me that uh, fire and brimstone in this verse doesn't mean fire and brimstone. So, so I asked him, I said, okay, then what does it mean? And the guy says, it means just passing off into eternity in a state of unconsciousness. What? How in the world do you make fire and brimstone unconsciousness? I haven't been able to figure that one out. I don't know how you do that. You know, when fire and brimstone rained down on Sodom and Gomorrah, was it unconsciousness? I don't think so. You know, when you stop and think about that group right there, you know, the fearful, the unbelieving, you know, it's interesting to note, too, that the unbelieving is included with all these other reprobates, right? The abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, idolaters, sorcerers, and liars are not going to be in heaven. Why? Why? Because they're going to be in the lake of fire. So in other words, all of the evils of society are going to be in the lake of fire. Now let me ask you this. Do you suppose there'll be any pornographers in heaven? Do you suppose there's going to be any lying politicians in heaven? Now, you know, I, I need to qualify this, though. Okay, I'm not telling you that a pornographer can't go to heaven or a lying politician can't go to heaven. But what I'm telling you is that if they get into heaven, it's because they're in the Lamb's book of life. They won't be a lying politician or a pornographer up there. Do you suppose there'll be any drug dealers in heaven? I don't think so. And when you stop to think about it, there won't be any police officers in heaven. Are police officers a bad thing? Of course not. They're very good as far as this world is concerned. There just won't be a need for them. There won't be any military in heaven. No generals, no colonels, no majors, no captains, lieutenants, and so on and so on and so on. When you think about it, it's a totally different kind of place. But that's not all. All the evils of society will not be there. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. 
1 Corinthians chapter 15. And let's look at something else that will not be there. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 49, we read this. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, so that's what you and I are right now. That's what we're bearing right now. We're bearing the image of the earthy. Let me ask you, who was the first earthy man? It was Adam. It was Adam, right? We bear the image, and you and I are in an earthy body. And do you know how I know that? From dust thou art, to dust shalt thou return. God made Adam out of the dust of the earth, did he not? I'm earthy, you're earthy. And presently we're bearing the image of the earthy. Verse 49, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall, shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So, there's no earthy, corruptible bodies in heaven. Now just think, I'm not trying to be crude, and I'm not trying to be vulgar here, but I want you to understand what we're talking about, okay? That means no sewage disposal plants are in heaven. No mortal, corruptible bodies in glory. They're not there. It's an incorruptible, immortal, eternal, raised, resurrected, glorious body. That's the only kind of body that's in heaven. So none of this stuff, none of this fleshy stuff on us will be there. And then finally over in Revelation 22 and verse 3. Revelation 22, verse 3. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. You know, there are lots of curses connected with, with this earth and this life. And one of the, the, the predominant curses we read about was activated way back in Genesis chapter 3, when God drove Adam and Eve out of the, out of the garden uh, eastward. And he put a cherubim at the gate of the garden with a flaming sword so that they couldn't re-enter and have access to the tree of life. And then he, what did he say? He said to Adam, he goes, you're under a curse. Now what's the curse? He said, from now on, you're going to make your living by the sweat of your face. You'd been living in a perpetual garden of Eden, and now you're going to earn it by the sweat of your face. But what's the sweat of your face got to do with it? Well, you're going to be fighting a curse. Well, what's the curse? Drought. The curse is floods. The curse is earthquakes. The curse is too much wind. The curse is uh, typhoons, hurricanes, tornadoes. Uh, the curse is uh, locusts, grasshoppers, beetles, midges, mites, bugs. That's the curse. That's the curse. Our bodies are under a curse. That's, that's why they're destined ultimately to die. That's why they get old and they get sick and then they have problems. That's why we have health food stores. They're there to try to combat the curse. That's what we try to do, don't we? That's why we have doctors and hospitals and, and all that stuff. We're under a curse. If we weren't, we wouldn't need any of that stuff. But we're under a curse. I mean, we take our pills. I take mine every day. It's curse, curse, curse. There's no curse in heaven of any kind. 
shape, or deal. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We're going to take our last break of the afternoon here. And uh, while we're on the break, be sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Don't forget to hit that five-star review on Good Pods, on Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, uh, or any other platform that you can uh, give us a five-star rating on, or favorite it if you're on iHeart or Stitcher or Deezer, I think. Uh, Just help us spread the gospel that way. All right, folks? And we will be right back after this. Don't you go away.
Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast, folks. We are talking about the reality of heaven. And I don't know about you folks, but this study has been an absolute blessing for me, and I hope it has been for you. And folks, I really hope that you're listening carefully, you're taking this information in, and I hope and I pray that if you're not saved, after hearing about hell and then hearing about the beauty of heaven, why wouldn't you call upon the Lord Jesus Christ, let him save you, and let him give you a place in heaven, a mansion in glory, he promises, where there's no curse of any kind, where everything is beautiful and perfect. And to spend eternity there is a far, far greater thing to do than to spend an eternity in the worst place imaginable. And if you miss the message on hell, go back and listen to it. Put the two messages together, listen to them side by side. You'll see what I'm talking about. All right, folks. Uh, so I'm going to start to wrap this up, and uh, I'm going to start wrapping it up by answering, you know, the perpetual question. What will we be doing? What will we be doing in heaven? You know, I was teaching a Sunday school once, and I was trying to teach a few of these heavenly concepts to some of the kids. And uh, one kid said, well, I don't know if I even want to go to heaven. It doesn't sound like it's going to be much fun. Oh, God, you poor dumb kid. You can't even imagine what fun is. You, you, you just can't imagine. Not even in your wildest imagination can you understand what fun really is. You know, we have this convoluted, this twisted idea of what fun is. We think that fun is satisfying that thing right there, the flesh, you know. We think that fun is satisfying this corruptible, decaying flesh. Well, let me tell you something. There is there's a deeper part of you And when you're written in the Lamb's book of life, that part comes alive. And you know what that is? That's your spirit. I want you to pay attention here, folks. When you're saved, when you're saved, technically your soul is saved and your spirit is born again. And when that spirit is born again, it activates something in you that goes way beyond the proportions and the parameters of anything that this old flesh could even imagine. And you know, one day, One day, that spirit's going to be activated to its full potential, and I am telling you that you're going to get lit up like a Roman candle. You're going to have all of your senses really activated, and you're going to know, you're going to know what living is all about. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. What our problem is, And it it isn't just a problem with teenagers. This is a problem with adults. It's a problem with me. It's a problem with all of us. The problem is being confined to this flesh, confined to this mortal body. It's hard for us to conceive or imagine how much good, how much good and how much God could light me up. How much God could excite me and thrill me 
And what a great thing could happen in my spirit when I'm finally free from this mortal flesh and, 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 and all of the confines and curses that it, pre- that, that, that it presents. What will, what will we be doing? Well, I'll tell you one thing we'll be doing. Turn over to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. And look at verse 9. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. So the first thing you're going to be doing is singing a new song. Now, you know, some folks say, well, so what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait just a minute. Your music means more to you than what, than what you might want to admit. How do I know that? You see people walking up and down the street with their iPhones and their headphones plugged in. You know, you see them driving around the neighborhoods, blasting their, their hip-hop, their rap music so loud that the cars around them shake. Music means a lot to us. Why? Because most of the music we listen to, not all of it, but most of it appeals to this stuff right here, your flesh. This stuff that God says is under a curse. And you know what happens? You know, you listen to that song, and it, and it gets moving. You know, it gets jumping, or you know, or else it gets feeling real. You know, you know. All right. I, now, I, look. I know some of you are fans of this. I like it too, to a point. To a point. But forgive me. Uh, honestly, I don't know how people can listen to country western music all the time. I really don't. I don't know how people listen to country music all the time without taking Prozac or Zoloft or, or Xanax or something. I mean, it's the most depressive stuff you've ever heard. I mean, it's just wall-to-wall depression, melancholy, uh, you know, woe is me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. I mean, every time you hear one of those songs, it's about some guy and his bad luck. Every one of those songs, if you categorize them, is about somebody losing something. The guy lost his job, he lost his wife, he lost his sweetheart, he lost his dog, he lost his horse, he lost his saddle, he lost his mind, he lost something. Folks, you've got a hymn book with hundreds of hymns, and every one of those hymns is about finding something. Not one of them is about losing something, unless it's something you need to lose. These hymns are written by temporal men in temporal circumstances, and when you get to heaven... You're going to have a new song. And I don't care if you've, if you've never sung a song in your life. When you get to heaven, I guarantee you, you're going to bust out and sing like a 500-pound canary. Now, I want you to look at this. Verse 9 again. They sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book. Well, who's the they? Who's they? If you go back up in the chapter, they are the four and twenty elders who fell down before the Lamb, the prayers of the saints, redeemed people. Well, what are they singing? For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Now, I want to show you something, okay? Go over to Luke chapter 2. We're almost done. We're almost done, but I have to show this to you. I did a little research on this yesterday, actually. I, I, I said there's something here, and I needed to chase it down. Um... You know, I, I could not find one place in the Bible. I mean, maybe there is. I didn't do like an exhaustive study on it, but 
I couldn't find one place where angels sing. Now, we say they do, you know, in our Christmas carols and, and, and such, but I couldn't find one place in the Bible where angels sing. And again, maybe there is. I, I just didn't find it. But in Luke chapter 2 and verse 13, and this is a Christmas passage, and it's very familiar to all of us. Uh, verse 13 of Luke chapter 2, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. I ran down every passage of Scripture that I could find in Revelation, and all these passages about angels proclaiming, and it says, you know, the angels sound, the angels say, the angels proclaim, but not one passage where angels sing. Do you know why? And honestly, it, it made perfect sense to me when I thought about it. Do you know why angels don't sing? They don't have anything to sing about because singing is reserved for the redeemed. Well, who's that? That's us. That's us. That's every born-again child of God who's been written in the Lamb's book of life. Angels don't sing. Angels say. Angels shout. Angels proclaim. Angels sound. But angels don't sing. God's going to give you a new song. The closest song I could think of to what we may be singing in heaven in our temporal language is one of my favorites, Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it, Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, Redeemed by His infinite mercy, His child and forever I am. We're going to have a new song. You know, today we sing of our hopes, our dreams, our trials, our burdens, our victories, but then it'll all be realized. It'll all be left behind us. And then finally, and I think I've said that before, but I've got another finally going. Uh, finally, what are we going to be doing? Well, we're going to be singing in Revelation, and we're going to be singing, and then in Revelation 22, uh, you know, folks, I'd rather preach to you on heaven than hell. I am having more fun today than I did last time. Now, I didn't hear it, obviously, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that someone out there said, so are we. <laughs> I can guess that, okay? I can guess that. Revelation 22, verse 5. Revelation 22, verse 5. And there shall be no night there. Now, we've read that. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Do you know what else you're going to be doing in heaven? Reigning, ruling, God is going to have a job for you. You know, some people have misinterpreted the idea that they're just going to sit around in heaven on some white puffy cloud taking harp lessons for eternity. No, 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 no. I wouldn't even want to play a harp, thank you. The Bible says you're going to be in administration. You're going to be ruling and reigning as a child of God. Well, ruling, ruling and reigning over what? Now, we're going to get into the realm of the supposition or the theoretical, all right? But I don't think it's real theor theoretical. I was thinking about this, and I'll be honest, I had some reservations about bringing this up because it's, it's not easy. But this audience is an exceptional crowd, and I think you can handle this. I mean, you, you can't live on milk forever. Amen? So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give this 
little bit of meat for you to chew on. Now, before I give this last little tidbit, someone is going to say, well, I don't know, preacher, that sounds awful Mormon-like. Well, you need to understand something. Every cult in the world, every one of them, takes a little truth, and then they convolute it. With me, they convolute it. They twist it. Do you understand? Are you with me? So don't get nervous. And go with me over to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. One last verse. One last verse. The Bible says you're going to be reigning. You're going to be reigning under the authorship of the Lord Jesus Christ, ruling and reigning under him. You're going to be a cabinet member in the cabinet of the glory. You're going to be reigning. That, folks, does not sound boring to me. That sounds exceedingly interesting. Wouldn't you agree? Amen? Now, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now, interestingly, this passage is frequently put into a Christmas setting. The verse before this, verse 6, says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now, does the increase of his government, there shall be no end, mean that God will be sitting up in heaven creating new government agencies every day? Kind of like the United States does? Are we going to come up with a new program, a new idea? No, it's not going to be like that at all. What is government necessitated upon? Well, government is necessitated upon people. Now, if you look into eternity, do you know what God has going on? God has an ever-expanding situation here. The increase of his government, there shall be no end. Do you know what God's original purpose is? According to Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18, it was to populate the heavens and the earth. All this heavenly stuff we see out there, all the constellations, the galaxies, the stars, the planets, all of that will be eradicated one day along with this earth. He's going to melt it all down with fervent heat. And in Revelation 21, he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. That new heaven and the new earth are for the expressed purpose of eventual population. So as the population grows and grows and grows and expands further out, and so in other words, what is man trying to do today? What is man trying to do? Man in his own carnal efforts is trying to imitate the ultimate plan of God, isn't he? That's what all of these billions of dollars on space programs are all about. We're trying to imitate the plan of God. That's what the Tower of Babel was all about in Genesis chapter 11. But one day, God is going to expand this thing. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. I thought in heaven we weren't going to be married and given in marriage. We're not. We're not. We're the reigning part, the body of Jesus Christ, the saints. 
all the ones that return with him in Zechariah. But, but you have some people in eternity that are people. They've partaken of the tree of life in Revelation 22. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The thing goes full circle. Now, folks, I know this is heavy, but you'll get it someday. You'll understand. How did the whole program start? It started in a garden with a tree of life and one couple. Isn't that how it started? One couple in a garden with a tree of life? Now, notice when you get to the end of the Bible, you've come full circle to a garden and a tree of life. You've got God taking earthbound people like Adam and Eve that had the potential for eternal life based purely on simple obedience and access to the tree of life. And then you have an ever-expanding new heaven and new earth. And do you know what the job of the the child of God is going to be? To rule and reign. I don't want to reign. I'll be happy being a doorman in a mansion somewhere. Let me say this to you, my friend. And I say this with all sincerity. You can't even imagine what you're going to want in an incorruptible body. But I'm going to tell you what you're going to want. Your overriding, supreme, number one desire of all eternity will be to please your Savior. Do you know what our lives are predicated on now? Don't you? Don't you? It's to please us. But you're going to get rid of all that stuff that says, please me, please me, please me. Over there, it's going to be, what can I do to please him? If he says to you, I want you to go out here and rule that constellation of 36 billion planets for me. I want you to run that government. Do you know what you're going to say? Yes, sir, I'm glad to do it, sir. I can't wait. Thank you for the wisdom of the eternal word of God that you've given me. I'll report annually at the New Jerusalem. I'll see you later, sir. And you'll go with unbated enthusiasm and excitement at the opportunity to serve the one who gave you eternal life. My friends, that's what heaven's all about. Boring? (laughs) No. No way. It's amazing beyond anything we can imagine or even remotely speculate on. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for your precious word. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful book that we have where we can learn about our eternal home as believers in Jesus Christ. New Jerusalem, heaven. Father, we thank you that you provided a way for each and every person in the world to obtain that mansion and glory. And you've made it so simple, Father. Just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. No question about it. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for it. Thank you for that amazing gift. And I pray right here, right now, that there, if there are any under the sound of my voice that have not reserved their mansion in glory, their hilltop ranch, 
Father, I pray that you would move in them, that you would draw them, and they might be saved. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for each one that's listening, and we ask you, Lord, to bless this and bless our time together. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, folks, that is the reality of heaven. Quite the contrast to the reality of hell, wasn't it? Well, folks, it really is and truly is my prayer that today's message, if, if hell didn't get you, I pray that heaven did. And if you prayed and you asked the Lord to save you as a result of the, 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 the message on hell or the message on heaven, I would ask you to please email me at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and let me know. And if you let me know, I'll be able to send you a Bible. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in. Sorry about the little audio trouble earlier. Head over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Send us over any messages and prayers you might have. Also, don't forget to look for that support this podcast button. And, folks, don't forget, win the lost, no matter the cost. Until Thursday, God bless you. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.